Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. It is a new dawn, a new day, a new game in WWE. SP3, it is just a constant changing landscape. What have we heard from the get-go with this whole Vince McMahon situation is that it's going to take time. It's going to take a long time, a long process for things to play out. Um. Yeah, whoever said that, that was horseshit. Like, this thing is moving fast. Like, we were ju- we just did a show on Sunday talking about how don't expect any major changes. It's going to be a long transition process. Bruce Pritchard is still in charge. Could Vince possibly come back? And all of those answers completely went out the window yesterday when we get the report that now Triple H in addition to being the head of talent relations, it's also going to be the overlord of all WWE creative, which sent people into a frenzy because that's what I feel like they've been asking for for a decade now is for Triple H to take over. Now we get to shot, but also you get more reports about Vince McMahon and him possibly big gray area here. I'm not the biggest, you know, Wall Street Journal earnings report. You know, I'm not an expert on all that. I got into this to talk about the 450 splashes and the and the and the storylines. I'm not a financial expert. You would know more than me, but there is at least a possibility that Vince McMahon used company money to pay off some of these NDAs. And you're like, this is for real. He ain't coming back. He might be facing some serious legal ramifications here. And now Triple H is in charge, and it's off to the races, I think, after SummerSlam. I think that's the big thing. Everybody's going cuckoo and gaga and saying, oh, the Triple H era is here. Not quite yet. Still going to be a slow, slower transition. But, man, everything is so fast moving. It's a constant changing world. And WWE, it's, it's as the universe turns here over these last few days. Seems like every day there's something big that goes on within WWE, whether it's more on these Vince McMahon allegations. The U.S., uh, the United States is now investigating them. The SEC is now investigating them with Vince McMahon having unrecorded expenses uh, of that $14 million that he gave out into payments. You got Triple H is now the head of creative. Some people was like, oh, my God, Raw was just a breath of fresh air. It was the same show. It was just decent. And it was from the greatest arena in professional wrestling, Madison Square Garden. So that also helps. But uh, I like like rick said it's gonna take some time and it might even be longer than what people are thinking you're saying after SummerSlam, i'm saying wait about a year about two years and then we'll finally like you guys have to realize that a triple h became the uh the head of creative for nxt in 2012 when it had the stigma of a game show show and then yeah. when eventually it comes to the wwe network in 2014 then it became a very compelling week-to-week television show. It took two years to get away from that stigma and become the show that everybody remembers it as. So we need to give Triple H that same amount of time here. Yeah, look, he's got to plan his vision, right? Like, there are long-term, as long as we, as much as we don't like to believe it, Vince had long-term plans in effect for WrestleMania coming up in Los Angeles, WrestleMania 39. That's not that far away. You have to think there are plans in place for top stars like Roman Reigns, like Becky Lynch, like Cody Rhodes. When he comes back, does Triple H want to keep forward with those plans? Is the rock in the fold? Does he want to do Roman versus rock? I mean, there's a lot of op- a lot of things that he has to weigh here personally. I'm sure he's always kind of had his vision for how he wants things, how he would like to have things go if he was the booker. But now... The ball is in his court. Now he's got to sit down and figure some things out. And that's why it was just absolutely impossible to expect huge widespread changes these first couple of days. He's not going to make any wholesale changes this close to SummerSlam. So I think it's, I still do think 
we're going to see some improvements come after SummerSlam, and we'll got we'll dive into all of that. Uh, what we saw last night on Monday Night Raw, the first one without Vince McMahon there. Austin Theory took a beating last night. We got Alexa Bliss, possibly with a storyline now. That's exciting. No Edge last night, which a lot of people assumed he was going to be there. Lot to dive into. First things first, got to thank our partners over at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, events with the first to market odds and lines. Find the reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today. Or use your mobile device. You're on it right now. Let's be honest. Join today. Make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE5050. We've added to it. BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. We appreciate everybody who has joined us so far. Everybody who is hopping on in the chat. Our regular Safet and Chase and Noob. Hypnosis, bro. What's going on? Connor Casey up in the chat saying, acknowledge me, bro acknowledge me i'm assuming you lost again today on pillar to post uh damian powers from love is blind is once again trying to haunt me uh connor casey nice photo without your signature beard you can't fool me damian um but uh, yeah i got screwed over once again on pillar to post jeremy lambert hates seeing me win i had the most points going into the final round i finally made it to the final round and instead of doing three rounds like they always do on military posts of course they did one round where i i was given the first option for some ridiculous oh what brand would you want to see in a match what stupid gimmick would you want to see and i got and i didn't even know a brand's name for tampons but i made a tampon match and i get (laughs) i get kicked I get, I lose because of that. Hey, the biggest screw job is the fact that Jeremy Lambert, this is all, all. Oh, no, no, don't give, don't give me no nonsense about screw jobs. You're part of this, one of the screw jobs from Pillar to Post. So who, so they, I, I, I like the fact they make it at 12 o'clock. So you can't be a part of the show because you don't deserve to, because you worked against your tag team partner <laughs> and the person that takes time. I didn't out of work against you. I worked in favor of my own program. I wanted to make sure you were going to be on time. Oh. That day. Oh, you worked in favor of your own agenda. Your own agenda. <laughs> Got you. I, I wanted to is. make sure you were here for the fans on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. By the way, I got to love that photo, Connor Casey. Looking like a young Charles Lee Ray right there. I uh, can't wait to see. <laughs> if you guys don't know that reference, Google it. I trust you. It's hilarious. Uh, looking forward to seeing you, Connor, in uh, Nashville this weekend. If you're new to the program, guys, make sure to give us a thumbs up. Make sure to hit that subscribe button uh to i don't care if it's from 2015 change it man it's 2022 you look much better now put that captain america put that captain america uh big nice glorious beard photo up there that would be that would be much better um hammer that thumbs up button hammer the subscribe button there guys we're getting so close to 400 subscribers i really really appreciate you guys also check out the channel tomorrow 7 a.m my interview with happy corbin uh, is going to be dropping a really, really good dude. I hate to ruin his reputation, but uh, I hope you guys uh, check that one out. So let's dive into this here. Jer- uh, Jeremy, got Jeremy Lambert on the brain now. SP3. <laughs> All over the place, dude. Triple H replaces Vince McMahon as the head of WWE creative. Again, just on Sunday, we're sitting here thinking we're going to get months of Bruce Pritchard, and he's going to get his opportunity to prove that he can book all three shows across the brand like this this is going to be his opportunity to no longer be that Vince McMahon yes man uh-uh nah baba nah here comes Triple H when that news dropped yesterday SP3 I believe you were actually on the air on Fightful Overbooked with Jeremy Lambert talking about the NBA but you see that what was your initial reaction when you saw that Triple H was now taking over as head of creative well, like you said, I was on uh, Fightful Overboat, sorry, on a show where we talked nothing about wrestling, but I knew this was one of the bigger news stories, so I literally had to make my soliloquy about uh, about... <laughs> about where Kevin Durant is going to go to a little <laughs> bit longer because I knew that Jeremy Lambert, one of the hardest working men in uh, in in wrestling news writing, had to write the article while we were live on air. So look at, look at him. That. Look at him. That's so that's so much better. God, that's Damien, a sexy man right there. 
Damien, you are a sexy man. Too bad you left Gianna at the altar. Um, but but uh, yeah, no, I had to make my soliloquy a little bit longer. But I was shocked, and I was sending links to everybody because I was like, oh shoot. I thought I was going to have a few hour break before I did an interview. And now I got to go on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel and talk about this. And then I think minutes are like maybe an hour, half an hour after that was the Vincent Man news about uh, the SEC filing. So uh, literally two of the biggest news stories, uh, well, of course, secondary to the big news story of Vincent Man retiring that we got yeah. uh, to start the week, kind of the second and third biggest story of the month uh, or happened within an hour of each other. So, yeah, I mean, I was just I was kind of surprised by this. This happened a lot faster than I thought it would. I thought that they would be uh, tentative to put Triple H in this position based on what we know what happened last year with um, him being punished, basically, for losing the Wednesday Night War, which yeah. Connor Casey said appropriately. It wasn't really a war. It was a it was a massacre. Uh, so so, yeah, I, I think that this is the best position for him. I think that long-term he needs to give up the talent relations role. If he does want to be a head of, of WWE creative, because it's one thing to be the head of creative. It's another thing to be the head of talent relations. It's a completely different thing to be both when you just had a cardiac event less than yeah. 12 months ago. So yeah. I feel like that's a little too much pressure, too much stress on a person that, probably shouldn't be doing that i know he's the game i know he's a larger than life type of character but i want to see him long term be in this position of head of creative i think that they they need to set him up with a a group his team that he can uh, you know someone in the production truck to replace kevin dunn someone that Please. he can you know, toss bruce pritchard out of there and be his second in command maybe a ryan ward uh someone like that as far as on the creative side um it's very i mean I, I, if i'm triple h i'm pissed uh, uh, so part of me is a little bit pissed because my team that i was grooming in nxc you let go of all these dudes last year so william regal he's in or earlier this year you you let go of william regal now he's in aew he seems happy samoa joe's in aew and roh so he now needs to rebuild his team but i'm willing to give him a chance to do that and that's that's such a good call it's like yeah he's now taking over but he's still got vince's boys there it's still vince's vision right now it's still vince's show it is still vince's team so now he, luckily for him, like if he wants to bring back Road Dog, I know he's really tight with Road Dog, and I think Road Dog did do some good things when he was one of the head writers over on SmackDown. Um, I said some good things, but again, you're still working. He did good things under that Vince McMahon parameter, under the Vince hat, under the Vince guise of everything. So maybe he could talk Road Dog into coming back I, in and getting hired and and start building up his own team there a little bit. But yeah, go ahead. And, and I said some of this on Sunday, and I'll repeat it again. Ryan Ward is the one that did good work on SmackDown, and then he got replaced by Brian James, and and Road Dog was basically like, "Oh, I'll just do the things that Ryan Ward were doing, and I'll just repeat <laughs> it." And everybody's like, "Oh, he did good in the role." No, he just did what Ryan Ward had already been doing. Ryan Ward needs to. I need more people to put some respect on Ryan Ward's name. Holy this man fair. was the lead writer for nxt at his peak 2014 2015 2016 the ones that everybody's raving about it feels like triple h gets all the credit but it's like it's like it's like if the if the victoria secret i'm making another analogy about managers and supervisors it's like if the victoria secret gets record record sales for the year the manager gets all the credit and none of the workers and the supervisors that are there day to day get the credit like i that's how i feel about ryan ward he does not get enough credit for what he's done Totally fair. But regardless if it's Road Dog, Ward, whoever, you know, it does. It, Triple H has got time now that he can kind of put together his team. And I don't expect, you know, wholesale changes to be made. And I know everybody was excited about Monday Night Raw last night, right? The first one without Vince McMahon there, it was at Madison Square Garden. And I saw so many people on Twitter going, oh, this this first hour is so much better. Look at what they're doing. They start off with the uh, with with a with a brawl, which I thought was great. I thought the matches were longer than they typically are. You could see the touches there. It may have been Vince's script, but here's the thing that I loved about this. And I'm not expecting widespread changes, but this is why I was what I was happy with Monday Night Raw last night. 
That script was written last Thursday by Vince McMahon. No one ripped it up. No one blew it up. No last minute major changes. No complete rewrites. No, no panic. No, no chaos backstage. And I think that's what's really, really important. And that's what's going to change and, and make this show for the better. Forget the creative, like actual like storylines for a second. Let's just talk about workplace morale. That's what I think this is going to mean hugely for WWE. And I, I can't, can't quantify this. I can't really prove it. It's just a feeling that I have. But SmackDown on Friday and Monday Night Raw last night just felt looser. It just felt more fun. It felt like the talent was out there having a good time. Xavier Woods on commentary just casually dropping Ring of Honor references out there, New Japan Pro Wrestling references, and saying, screw it, I'm still the king of the ring. I don't care what you say. You look at Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman last night, Paul Heyman coming out there and screaming at the sound guy from Jersey saying, fix my mic, are you the next one out the damn door? That was a good line. Roman Reigns looking at Austin Theory and going, hey, you need to assess this situation. Your daddy ain't here no more. That was a really good line. It just felt like people were having fun last night. It felt like it was just looser and it, there was not as much pressure. And I did think Raw was really good right up until about that third hour when, you know, Logan Paul and Miz and that whole ball segment came out and they really kind of fell off the rails. And I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely still a Vince McMahon uh, production here. So but, you know, they're going to continue that all the way through. I don't know why on God's green earth they decided to make Logan Paul a baby face or try to get him over as a baby face here. That was such a massive, massive mistake. That's another thing that I think can change for the long run is I think Triple H, Triple H is more in tune, pays a little bit more attention, is going to do things that are just a little bit more slam dunk common sense moves like, you know, bringing Becky Lynch back as a baby face, bringing Ronda back as a heel, bringing Logan Paul back as a heel. I think these are all like common sense moves. And Vince McMahon went in the opposite direction for the sake of doing something unpredictable. Um, I, I'm actually, I was one of these guys who got really, really excited when I saw the news drop because I don't think it's going to be, again, massive wholesale, let's hit the reset button after SummerSlam. Part of me would like that to happen, but I do think that this was the right move to make, even though I was screaming for somebody new just on Sunday. Give me somebody new in this role. Time to get some new blood in there. I think of all of the retread options, I'll even still call Triple H new at this point because now he's finally getting this opportunity in the Captain Kirk swivel chair for the first time outside of NXT. He did really, really good work in NXT. I am excited about this. I, I do think this was a really great move. And yeah, I was one of those those marks on Twitter going, oh my God, game changer, hashtag, yada, shiva, blah, blah. I was genuinely excited about this. What about you guys? Uh, sound off in the comments. Uh, we'll We'll get to as many of them as possible. And there is a, a, a lot to really kind of dive into all of this, a lot of different branches. So let's hop on this, shall we? It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. So SP3, I did send you a message after that news dropped. And I said, hey, Mr. Eternal Pessimist, does this final, does this move finally give you some hope? that there is long-term positive change for WWE creative, that they could get this ship righted and move back. Fans are excited about this. I'm excited about this. Are you hopping on the bandwagon? Are fans right to be as excited as they are about this move with Triple H taking over as the head of WWE creative? No, because fans are excessively over uh, overly <laughs> excited. Are. So, are. It, are they are they right to be just slightly excited? Yeah, of course. It's a new day. It's a new era. If we could get something close to what Triple H was doing in the Black and Gold NXT, then of course go for it and be excited. And I like the little changes that we saw on Raw. Like I didn't, I wasn't one of those people that's on social media being like, "It was a breath of fresh air. It was so different." No, it wasn't. Stop. Stop. Wow. Stop taking drugs while you watch three hours of Monday of wrestling television on a Monday night. Stop doing the drugs or or start really. You, know, you can I mean, or, way. or start whatever. Get you, whatever or start. Get through that segment last night. I, I was gonna say, depending on your state, you can get some grass and you'll be perfectly fine. It'll make you chill out and not overly be upset with stuff. But like 
yeah, there was more wrestling on the show. We had 73 minutes compared to like the last couple of weeks where it was like 40, 50 minutes of wrestling. They significantly picked that up. There was more tag team matches uh, throughout the night. I think we had four in total, including the trio's main event. You um had no 24-7 segment, like Chase is saying in the yep. live chat. You had no Omos on this show. Uh, there was various different that, things. Yeah. Yeah, various different things that you saw. Most of all, for me, that I popped for the most was the Mysterio locker room watching TV like a normal person. <laughs> that is what I'm all here for. I'm all here for that. And you mentioned, you know, SmackDown. I loved Xavier Woods saying Ring of Honor and IWGP on commentary. But one thing that not a lot of people called on, Michael Cole said WWE fans. Mm. He said WWE fans. He didn't say WWE universe. So less buzzwords, stuff like that long term in the next year to two years. I think that would be something that we can say Triple H has left his fingerprints on this. And people were right to be excited when he, um, you know, when he said that he was going to be head of creative. But as excited as they are right now, no, I wouldn't go that far. Here's, here's my biggest reason why I'm as excited as I am. I I am to this. This means to me that guys like, and I mentioned this on Sunday. This was my hope. Now I am extremely optimistic that guys like Tommaso Ciampa, guys like Dominic Dijakovic, guys like Shinsuke Nakamura, guys like Ricochet, Nikki Ash, Dewdrop, hopefully Pete Dunn. Right? I am I am internally hopeful. That their booking is going to improve now. Now, that is not a high bar at all. And that's not saying much. But I I know that Triple H sees value in these people. I know that he knows their talents and he would want to utilize them in a different way. And he knows that a lot of these people have been miscast, misused, and mistreated. You saw the tweet from T-Bar, Dominic Dijakovic, yesterday saying, I'm fired up as hell to go into work today. All he did was a tag match on, on main event last night where he teamed with Akira Tozawa for crying out loud. Like, how does that make any damn sense? Like, just the dude has been doing nothing but time filler. Just getting his name back and getting on Raw would be a, 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 a great move. Like, Triple H knows what he has. And that's where I'm the most excited about this. I saw a promo last night. I don't know if you saw what Tommaso Ciampa did on, on Raw Talk last night hyping up the Miz match with with Logan Paul. If you guys didn't see it, go out of your way to watch it because it was really, really good. It was solid. It was effective. It filled up 60 seconds, and that is what should have been on TV last night instead of five minutes worth of ball jokes that we got between Miz, Logan Paul, and Maurice. Tommaso Ciampa did 10 times the work. It was 10 times more effective, and it took up a tenth of the time. And could have opened it up to get other people on screen last night. I am so positive that he's about to get pushed in a much bigger light on Monday Night Raw. It gives me optimism here that things that we didn't think were possible are going to be possible again. I do think a guy like Johnny Gargano is tailor-made to come back to the main event roster because Triple H is going to put him in a good spot. And he's talked about over and over again how he has he has goals that he still wants to accomplish in WWE. He wants to win the Intercontinental Championship. He wants to wrestle at WrestleMania. Not going to do that in AEW. I do think now all of a sudden WWE becomes a bigger attraction for superstars who are out on the free agent market or who aren't comfortable with their position in AEW. This is this is a reason for me to be highly optimistic and excited as I am for as some of these fans. I think I'm excited for for different reasons than a lot of these people. Yeah, there's so many people who watched the show last night and were like, oh, my God, this is so much better. I'm like, it's better. It's better. There's subtle little changes like we actually got an explanation as to why AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler were tagging with each other. It was a 60-second little promo backstage that I guarantee you we would not have gotten uh, if Vince McMahon was still in charge. It would have just been, here's a tag team match and go. We finally got a reason for why Dolph Ziggler has been stalking Austin Theory. It wasn't a great reason, but at least we have a reason now. Like, hey, I think he's an asshole. I, I want him to learn a lesson here. All of those just subtle little tweaks. There's a lot of little changes they can make right away that's going to make this show 
feel so much fresher. And then again, like I said, it just feels looser. It just feels more fun. And I think if the if the talent backstage is energized, which that seems to be the reports from everybody, we get we got Lib Morgan on the record today talking with. I wish I could remember, uh, but you know, she said, "Hey, look, we're in great hands. We're all pumped. We're all excited. This is going to be really, really good." The talent's excited about this. I'm excited about this. I don't know if I'm as excited as a lot of fans because, again, it's still WWE. And I know everybody wants everything to change right away. It's not going to happen. But, man, I am excited to see where we are where we are a year from now. And maybe we're wrong because everything has been moving so much quicker than we ever had anticipated. Ever had anticipated. I mean, here we are, not even to SummerSlam after Vince McMahon just wrestled a match at WrestleMania. And he's no longer with the company anymore. This year has been insane. Remember when Cody Rhodes was the biggest story we thought ever in the history of professional wrestling and was going to dominate what everybody remembered about 2022? Oh, how naive we were at the time. Number two here, SP3. Triple H will be successful as the head of WWE creative if he fill in the blank. If he makes it anything close to the black and gold NXT, does uh you know storyline storytelling that is focused yet simple to follow and progresses from week to week and makes the weekly television suspenseful? Like I, I know people are like, oh, you know, takeovers were great. WWE premium live events and pay-per-views are not the problem here. I think they always deliver because usually they have this stellar roster of performers that can go out there and have good to great matches if they have time. So a lot of the times the WrestleMania night one is up there. If you do, I have that in my top five shows of the year because they let Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair go out there and have a stellar contest. They let Cody Rhodes and and Seth Rollins have a memorable debut, a memorable moment with Seth or with Cody Rhodes returning and him and Seth had a banger of a matchup after that. You let Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens have that sports entertainment spectacle. So it's not, that's never been the issue. And that was really Triple H's strength. It was, you know, these premium live events because the takeovers being special. But yeah, they weekly television show needs to matter again we need to see storytelling and we need to want a reason to watch it so if he can make that happen and make it similar to what we got with the with the the golden era of the black and gold nxt then he will be successful my answer to this is is very simple is if he trusts himself and he trusts his guys I mean, and I'm not just talking about all the guys that I mentioned earlier. I'm talking about the the Seth Rollins of the world. I'm talking about the Kevin Owens of the world. I'm talking about Sami Zayn. Trust himself. Trust his guys. Because how much, how how many times have we talked about Vince McMahon getting all on board with somebody in the past, and then you know one little thing goes wrong, or he changes his mind after three weeks, and he completely abandons something and goes in another direction? Hell, look at what he did with Edge and Judgment Day, like. Okay, cool. The parameters of this are great. Edge leading a younger, younger faction. I say younger because Damian Priest isn't exactly a, a young, a young lad. Uh, but you know, you got up and coming stars as far as WWE is concerned. A stable being led by him would be great. All right, let's let's focus on this. Nope, we get four weeks in. Not even like a month after he adds Rhea Ripley to the group. And I see people bringing up Rhea Ripley in the chat. Don't worry, we will get there. Um, you know. He, he's he's kicking edge out. He's putting Finn Balor in. Oh, well, now Rhea Ripley's injured. Oh, well, now we're going to just pivot here and have them feud with the Mysterios and yada, shit, blah, blah, and with a, changes his mind constantly. If Triple H is just confident and patient and is willing to, to let guys who the hardcore audience knows is stars, like Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins and, and Sami Zayn and AJ Styles, if he puts those people in the position that Vince continuously puts Brock and Roman in, trust the process, be patient, know that those guys are going to deliver, and eventually they will get to the level, they will get over with the fan base, be patient and trust the process. Trust himself, trust his guys. He will be successful. Should the WWE Universe, or fan base, excuse me, read anything into Theory's booking on Raw last night, SP3? I, I saw a lot of fans going, yeah, 
They're burying his ass last night. I still, oh my, the IWC was on fire. Theory had a bad night last night. He had a very bad night last night. He got lambasted by the bloodline. He got his ass whooped by Drew McIntyre. He got his ass whooped by the Usos. Like, he was just laid out for, like, the first hour. It was Austin Theory just beat the hell out of him night, both, both verbally and physically. A lot of people celebrating this, and I'm going, guys, that don't mean a damn thing. That just means Austin Theory was heavily featured for an entire hour last night. That's what I read into that. What, what say you? That's exactly what I read into it. This man was on the television screen for the whole first hour of the show. Like, I, I, I was so baffled by that reaction. Oh, they're burying him. Yeah, they, they see he's not over. Yeah, I'm like, okay. I mean, sure, sure. I guess he had a bad night, but he had a good night in my book because he was all over the show for that first yes. hour. So I, I think that theory is all right. I wouldn't read anything into his booking last night. It, it, the only thing I would read into it is that he's going to be one of the top heels on Monday Night Raw moving forward by the way he was presented here. The, he came off like the heel. I know I even had people that was like, oh, he came off like a baby face when Roman said that to him. I was like, no, he looked like a petulant child yes. that Roman looked like a cool stepfather who said, stop, stop worrying that your daddy ain't here anymore. I'm your daddy now. Basically, that's how it came off to me. Roman was the cool stepfather, and Theory was the annoying little stepchild. Yes. Roman Reigns had no respect for Austin Theory last night. And Hypnosis Bro, I mean, the character had a bad night. Not the man behind Theory. Absolutely. He had a big night last night. I think back to the first night that SmackDown was on Fox. Everybody talked about how Baron Corbin had a bad night that night. I'm like, no, he did not. He opened up the first show on Fox, which did how many that first night? Like 4 million viewers on Fox that first night. He was in the ring with Becky Lynch, who was white hot at the time, and The Rock opening up SmackDown on Fox. Baron Corbin had the night of his night last night. I don't care if Becky Lynch said she had bigger balls than him. I don't care if he was getting his ass kicked by both Becky Lynch and The Rock. He was still in the segment. WWE trusted him to have that huge ass moment. That's a good night at work for the man behind Baron Corbin, not Baron Corbin, the character. So make no mistake. Last night was a good night for Austin Theory. He ain't going anywhere. He's not getting buried. Again, I, I use the word hope. I use the word believe. I'm not thinking that this guy's going to come in here and he's going to try to cash in at SummerSlam. I think he's going to hang on to that briefcase for a little bit. I think Trip, Triple H will play more of a patient role with him. It's great that they're kind of teasing the possibility of him cashing in because they wanted to build some more intrigue around this last man standing match. I would be stunned if he tries to cash in unless Triple H is really about to just hit the complete reset button uh, after SummerSlam is concerned and say, get the briefcase off of you. We're going to change some names. We're going to change some title holders and we're going to move forward. One person that is moving forward uh, and, and looking ahead and actually has purpose. And as somebody brought up in the chat, where did it go? I had it. Where did it go? I completely lost it. Alexa Bliss looking straight into the camera last night. Somebody was talking about that as she was cutting a promo, just looking straight into the camera. And finally, after months of inaction with Alexa Bliss, like we were talking about, yeah, she keeps winning matches, but is it building to something? Is it anything? Last night, she finally said, hey, look, I am here to tell everybody who the hell I am. Remind them. There we go. Safet, Alexa Bliss looking directly into the camera last night. I am here to remind people who I am, and I am making it known, whether it's Bianca or whether it's Becky Lynch, I am coming after the Raw Women's Championship after SummerSlam. And I'm sitting there going, effing, finally. Yes, go get it. Perfect. Awesome. But also Rhea Ripley showed up last night, and she had a really, really good night working with the Mysterios. I wasn't necessarily a fan of Judgment Day losing that match last night, but I get giving Rey Mysterio his moment. It wasn't clean. I can look past it for that particular moment. All right. I would like to see Judgment Day continuously rack up some wins. They scheduled a, a no DQ match for next uh, for, for this Saturday at SummerSlam. I'm hoping they win that one and they should. 
But Rhea Ripley's back now. She's clearly front and center stage with Judgment Day. She had a title match at Money in the Bank that was taken away because she got hurt. So you got Alexa Bliss who's saying, I'm next. Rhea Ripley was supposed to be next. Got that taken away from her. Regardless of it's of Alexa Bliss or Becky, or excuse me, Bianca Belair or Becky Lynch after SummerSlam SP3, who should the next challenger for the Raw Women's Championship be? Alexa Bliss or Rhea Ripley? If this is for a match at Clash of the Castle, it should definitely be Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is the first ever NXT UK champion. Uh, so she's not from, you know, Cardiff or from the UK like that. But she has that background, has that history there. I think she would be the perfect type of challenger. And she's a traditional heel. And I'm hoping, fingers crossed, Bianca Belair is the person that walks out with the Raw Women's Championship from SummerSlam. So I would like to see her against an established heel. This would give Judgment Day much more momentum, and I've been and I wanted to see that Rhea Ripley Bianca Belair matchup yes. ever since they had the best part of the Gauntlet match ahead of Elimination Chamber. So give me that, but I wouldn't mind at all a triple threat, a Fatal Four Way with these two and Becky and Bianca coming out of SummerSlam either. But I I foresee Becky Lynch losing in 20 seconds and then cutting a promo afterwards and saying she's the greatest woman's wrestler or woman's she could say woman's wrestler which would be a big sign of triple h changes on the best woman's wrestler that has ever been here and then the music of bailey hits and becky lynch has something moving forward and getting out of the title division against a returning bailey that would be great and that would be such especially if like elect if if Becky ends up losing two matches at SummerSlam again totally working for like the downward spiral if they do a reverse of what they did last year she loses quick and then ba- here comes Bailey for for a big match i part of me would feel a little bad for Bianca that for the second SummerSlam in a row she barely gets to work uh so that's that's the only thing that i really don't like about that but i agree with you that Bianca needs to be the one that emerges out of SummerSlam with the Raw Women's Championship because it makes too much damn sense to have Rhea and Bianca in Cardiff, Clash of the Castle. These two work so well with one another. That match is going to absolutely cook, and I think Triple H is going to give time for that match to cook. And I would not be mad at all if Rhea Ripley comes out with the Raw Women's Championship. You want to know why? Because Alexa Bliss should be next after that. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to do Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair. It does make a ton of sense to do Alexa Bliss and Becky Lynch together, not for the title, but together to revisit that feud in UK at at, at Clash of the the Castle. So you give me exactly what I want. You give me the two matchups and the two feuds that I want out of this. You give me Bianca and Rhea, and then you give me a secondary women's feud, two women who are jockeying to get a title shot, Alexa and Becky. Alexa wins because she's basically Becky Lynch's kryptonite has been since 2016. Alexa wins. Rhea wins. Now all of a sudden we're setting up Alexa and Rhea for the raw women's championship after clash of the castle. Sign me up for that. Saw a lot of judgment day last night. Oh, somebody asking, uh, I meant to get to this as well. Did y'all see uh, ace? Did y'all see buddy Matthews tweet last night? Oh, that was so good. So just just the fact that Rhea got all up in Aaliyah's face, gave her the total pie face shove before she just rips Rhea Stereo out of the locker room last night. Buddy Matthews was just ah, brilliant, uh, brilliant for that tweet saying, yeah, I'll let you all fight out for me in the custody of a ladder match. That was really, really good stuff. But we saw a lot of judgment day last night, even though they lost Rhea Ripley just adds an, a, a, a definitely what has been missing the last few weeks. She just adds a, an ingredient and a level to that group that was sorely sorely lacking the last few weeks she is the central figure for that group and should be uh with 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 edge no longer there a lot of people expect to see edge last night fightful selects reporting that travel chant travel plans to change this that and the other thing do we see edge this weekend in nashville you talked about bailey being a potential return do we see edge this weekend in nashville again judgment day does now have a match against the mysterios need no dq in nashville on saturday they in Judgment Day beat the Mysterios at SummerSlam. They're about to give a concerto to both Ray and Dominic. 
and we see the final stage of the vignettes we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks. And then it says, I'm coming because the, we saw the I'm coming too. And it says SummerSlam or Nashville and Edge. We hear, you think you know me. And Edge comes out. He beats down the Judgment Day. Rhea Ripley runs off. You know, you don't want to have a man beating up on a woman because it's WWE and they got shareholders to talk to. But he lays out both both Finn Balor and Damian Priest, set in motion this feud going into Clash of the Castle, going into the fall. That's the feud for Edge to you know, kind of return. You can build up to, you know, Finn Balor is going to need a huge match at Clash of the Castle. Finn Balor versus Edge, Clash of the Castle. That that works for me. So yeah, I think Edge does return this weekend in Nashville in, after Judgment Day gets the win over the Mysterios at SummerSlam. And that's exactly what should happen. Now, part of me is wondering if Beth Phoenix gets involved uh, in this, and maybe she's the one that's there to kind of counteract Rhea Ripley, who will be at the side. In which that case, if that ends up being the case, we may get a freaking tag match: Edge and and Beth Phoenix versus Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor in Cardiff, which would be a great match which to me would almost signal that Becky Lynch might be beating Bianca Belair uh, and Becky Lynch and Alexa would be the raw with. So again, there's, there's a lot of different levels here that are going on. Bailey is also a wild card. I do agree with you, by the way, edge will 100% be showing up uh, at SummerSlam. It just makes too much sense. People keep throwing Bailey out there. Bailey's going to be coming back here soon. Guys throw her into the raw women's title picture. And I almost think, I know people are going to be excited to see her. And you would lean toward wanting to make her a baby face. But we've seen them do that with so many different stars who have come back and they've now flipped them. They tried. They tried to flip Lacey Evans and it didn't work. Like they wanted to make her a baby face. It didn't work, but they flipped Becky Lynch. They flipped Ronda Rousey. Maybe they bring back Bailey on SmackDown and have her feud with Liv Morgan after she beats Ronda Rousey or they flip her and Ronda Rousey wins either way. You know, Maybe she's more needed on SmackDown than she is on Raw at this point. I think people are overlooking the possibility she goes back to the blue brand. Um, That is a possibility for sure, but I don't think it would be against Liv Morgan because of who's in charge now. If this was Vince McMahon, then I'd definitely say Bailey comes back as a heel because he's going to be, he doesn't have his finger even close to the pulse. He has his finger on his teeth or the lack of his teeth, his dentures. Um, He doesn't have his finger on the pulse. He would think that, oh, no, Bailey did so well as a heel, so you got, you got to bring you gotta bring her back as a heel. They're going to they're gonna hate her. Yeah, they're going to cheer her for a return, but she's going to cut a promo and get all her heat back. Um, But Triple H is going to be like, no, these people are going to love Bailey. This is going to be like me in Madison Square Garden in 2002. We got to make her a baby face at, yeah. at first. And then if it doesn't work or she's not thriving like she did as a heel, then maybe in a couple of months, we'll have her betray Shawn Michaels in a DX reunion like they did with me in 2002. But for now, we're going to return. She needs to come back as a baby face. And I think it's just perfect that she comes back at the time when Becky Lynch, you see, it seems like Becky Lynch has nothing left. Like she's out of the raw woman's title picture. This is the perfect person for her to feud with because they care about Becky and they'll always give her something important to do with. So it seems that seems like the perfect, you know, opportunity in my opinion. It's nice that there's a lot of options uh, on the table now. Uh, Queen saying, if Rhea does face Bianca and if she does beat her at Clash, then a babyface Bailey versus a heel Ripley, uh, Rhea Ripley would be a, a cool feud to do. Um, you, the other thing that I'm thinking here is if they do a turn with, if they do a double turn at SummerSlam where they turn Ronda heel after she beats Liv Morgan for the title, which I hope doesn't happen because I'd like to see them run with Liv for a little while longer. And I'm, I'm, optimistic that triple h is going to do that um but if you flip ronda heel and have her beat Liv morgan then a babyface bailey going against the heel ronda rousey on smackdown would make some sense but then you're eliminating Liv morgan from the picture altogether which i don't necessarily like uh either uh another good option here from chase by the way going back to the match uh this saturday dominant getting jumped before the match can't compete Edge comes out to tag with Rey Mysterio. Another option that would make that match feel bigger because right now I'm like, we just saw this damn thing six days ago. Seems I like think th- this. I think this whole reason they're doing this match is to get 
Judgment Day a win because they've lost two matches against the Mysterios as a tag team. They lost by disqualification when Ray did the Eddie trick, and they lost this past Monday on Raw. So I think that maybe that's the match they're going to do going out of SummerSlam. But at SummerSlam, that's your time to give Judgment Day the bigger win because they lost twice on television. Give them the win on the, the premium live event. I don't care if it's Dominic or Edge in the match. Judgment Day needs to win. Like, like Judgment Day needs to go over Edge in the end. Whenever this feud ends, no, no. If Edge is returning at SummerSlam, he's winning. They, they're not gonna, they're not gonna do that. That's, that's totally outside WWE. To that's, outside, that's outside. That's outside. Oh, he's right there. No, no. That, that still counts as a loss. Triple H, even Triple H is not gonna, is not gonna do that. You don't have Edge come back after all these vignettes and then lose. What was the point of the vignettes? That's just doing basically what you did with kicking him out of Judgment Day. You did all that work for Judgment Day just to kick him out. You're gonna do all the vignettes for him to come back and lose. That makes no sense. No, well, the vignettes don't make any sense. Anyway, because they're doing all these huge vignettes for this massive character, they started airing those three weeks after he got taken out with a concerto. Like his vignettes should be him in a hospital bed, <laughs> like learning to walk again and eating eating oatmeal through a straw, not not parading down a dark, dank alley with shit on fire and smearing blood on mirrors. That doesn't make any sense. None of this has made any sense. Ah. <sighs> Bell hey, if you if you want to match WWE and make something not make sense, have Edge come back and lose. That yeah, that doesn't make any sense either. Uh, Bell saying, would anybody else rather see Ray turn on Dominic than Dominic turn on Ray, or is it just me? A lot of people trying to make that connection last night with him wearing purple and black in the ring last night, and I'm like, no, I think that was just more him going back to like that '97, like early days. Like that's that's what it was. It was a completely different shade. Uh, a purple. By the way, I did love how he was like, I've been looking for this everywhere. When Aaliyah gave him that 97 gear backstage, he's like, where'd you find it? And I'm like, motherfucker, you loaned it out to Santos Escobar. That's what you did with it. Shit. Queen asking, if Edge didn't want to do spooky stuff, why is he doing spooky vignettes? I don't know. This is WWE and nothing makes sense. Hopefully it will. Hopefully it will soon. Hopefully. Don't expect any wholesale changes anytime soon. Let's just. And Chase, here's the other thing, man. No, I don't want the wacky inflatable flailing arm fun tube men. I don't want that. I don't want that version of Bailey. And I've talked to Bailey about this. She said if she turned baby face again, it had to be something completely different. Evolve. All right. I'm okay with LA Knight going back to being LA Knight because that's under completely different circumstances. I don't need Bailey going back to wacky, waving, inflatable, flying, fun, bomb arm, two men, whatever the hell they're called. I don't need the Bailey buddies back. I don't need Nikki A.S.H. being crazy, psychotic Nikki, Nikki Cross again. I'm okay with characters evolving into something new. I'm willing to give them a shot. But yes, please give me L.A. Night back. I'll, I'll take crazy Nikki. I'll take crazy <laughs> Nikki over whatever the hell this is that we got now. So I'll take Piper Niven back. Do you think do you think we could get some name changes? At least some first names back or some people get can we get Pete? I think Dunn first back? names will come back. We can get Matt Riddle and Austin Derry, maybe. Um, I, I think that for at least for a while, maybe in a few months, they'll change Butch into Pete Dunn. Maybe they'll do that. I think Gunther is Gunther because he's just yeah. comfortable with, with that now. So they're not gonna go back to Walter. Uh so yeah, that's what I can see. I, I the first one that I would change would be Dewdrop. That's just me. I would I would change Butch first. Do them both. Screw it. Do one on Raw. Just give us one every week, right? Just just keep us happy. Keep us stringing us along. Like just like that scene in uh, where they're trying to cat capture James Woods in 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 Family Guy. Ooh, piece of candy. Just every week. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, Pete Dunn. Ooh, Piper Niven. I think that's a good spot to end it. We appreciate everybody who is uh, tuned in today, who's put in all the comments in the chats. We appreciate it. New dawn, new day, new game. I'm ex I, I actually genuinely feel optimistic for the future of WWE created for the first time in a long time. And I'll take it. I'll take this sense of euphoria at the moment, even if, if it might be fool's gold. I don't know, but it's a new direction. There's actually hope that changes on the horizon. I feel like I've used that word a lot. Hope. Hey, we saw we saw blood last night, by the way, Safet. We saw Montez Ford, who had a really good showing again last night. There was bleeding. There were swear words. There were brawls. I thought the brawls last night were really good. The fights, real crisp, real clean. That was a lay your shit in kind of night last night. And I loved it. 
Loved every second of it. We appreciate all you guys who are tuning in. Again, make sure to hammer the thumbs up button. Make sure to hammer that subscribe button. You're new to the show. SB3 and I will be back 7 a.m. Thursday morning, breaking down everything that happens on AEW Dynamite. Fight for the Fallen. Daniel Br- Brian Danielson, excuse me, is back. Big, big news. Tomorrow, my interview with Happy Corbin drops. Friday, we'll have our SummerSlam prediction show that drops. Tim Fioravanti, formerly of ESPN, is going to be joining us here. He's going to be our special guest picker. I'm going to be at SummerSlam, uh, the press junket. I'm going to be at StarCast. Got a lot of good stuff coming down the pipe for you guys. SP3, plug your channel. Tell the folks where to find you, what you got coming up. True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Uh, Check us out this week. We got AE Ramble with myself and Jimmy Macaran reviewing AEW Dynamite on Thursday, 105 p.m. Eastern Time. We got Friday, 12.05 p.m. Eastern Time. Myself, Romeo, and special guest Kenny Bolin will be previewing WWE SummerSlam. And then on Saturday, we got a big one, two special guests. We got the legendary Dutch Mantel returning to True Hill Heat. We're going to talk to him about his experiences working with Vince McMahon now that he's retired, experiences working with Triple H as head of creative, and we got some some other guy from the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Oh, it's Ricky ah! Cheeto. Ricky Cheeto is the other here. special guest this Saturday, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. So if you like me and Rick on screen here, if you like us other places, check out True Hill Heat YouTube channel, Saturday, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. Yeah, just imagine the two of us together and then throwing Dutch Mantel in the middle. Like, that's pure and total chaos, and you can see that on another redacted channel at some other time that I'm not going to plug. But it'll be more unfiltered, <laughs> and we can talk about whatever we want this Saturday, yes. 11.05 yes. a.m. Eastern it. Time. I love it. I love it. I love being unfiltered. It's great. Thank you guys for listening to the live edition or watching, wherever you're at. Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.